The following information is intended for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect those of A Rude Awakening International, nor this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter, nor A Rude Awakening International, nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result. Everyone wants to eat a healthier diet, but which diet is healthiest? Definitely most people consider vegan the most extreme, that is a vegetarian with absolutely nothing that comes from an animal. But it's not as extreme as you might think. It is a way of eating, however, that has a lot of questions like, how do I plan a vegan meal? Is protein going to be an issue? How do I make it work if I don't like cooking? And which are the best choices at restaurants? Well, perhaps the most respected authority on vegan diets, Dr. Neil Barnard can answer your questions and give you everything you need to put vegan power to work. And he's about to give you a health awakening. Welcome to The Health Awakening, I'm your host, Scott Laird. In his latest book, The Vegan Starter Kit, Dr. Neil Barnard teaches you how to ensure complete nutrition on a vegan diet, which is easier than you might think. In fact, vegan diets rose in popularity by, get this, 600% between 2014 and 2017, and they're still growing rapidly. Dr. Barnard's new book also provides tips for modifying your favorite recipes and gives examples of quick and easy meals. Everything you need for permanent weight control and to dramatically have better health in this new book is, is all in there. So, Dr. Neil Barnard, welcome back to The Health Awakening. Well, it's great to be with you again. Congratulations on your new book, it just came out, The Vegan Starter Kit. I know you have a copy with you right there. There it is. All right, wonderful. Now, uh, you know, lots of uh, vegan information online and, and books elsewhere, but you felt a real need to write The Vegan Starter Kit. Why is that? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, getting the animal products off your plate um, is easy, and yet the health benefits are enormous. And a lot of people think, I'd love to do that. I mean, if I could actually make my diabetes go away or lose all this weight once and for all or, or open up my arteries again or um, whatever the, the benefit may be, uh, people would love to do that, but it might sound a little intimidating. A vegan diet sounds like you have to become a philosopher, um, and it's not—it's not that. Um, and I've written a lot of books in the past, but each one is is, is big enough to hold, like hold open the door of your—you know—it's uh, like a big weight. Um, and this one, I wanted to work with a publisher to have something that a person could read in maybe 45 minutes, and they would be totally confident about how to make a diet change really work for them and answer their questions. So, so that's what the Vegan Starter Kit is all about, and I've, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, if you look in the table of contents, it's not an overwhelming book. It's not four or 500 pages. It's just, uh, what, 100 and some pages. Is that right? Um, that's right, and, and what we have is uh, why you would want to do this. So let's say you're a person who has dieted a whole bunch of times and you're not at the weight you'd like to be at and you find dieting challenging um, or you have diabetes or high blood pressure or you're on medications and you'd like to find your way to get off them. These are all reasons why people would want to follow a healthier diet. So we'll talk about why, um, but then we'll talk about how you begin in a really easy way. Um, and we have tips for 
eating at restaurants. And I have a couple of dozen recipes for you, really basic, quick things for people who like that. And also for people who are allergic to cooking, we have tips for eating uh, on the go or fast food places, wherever you might be eating now. Wonderful. Well, I noticed that uh, I have your table of contents here right in front of me, and I noticed that the longest chapter is chapter four, uh, special health targets. Now, is that what you were talking about with, with diabetes and such? What, what's in that particular uh, chapter there that's special? Exactly. Well, because if a person has diabetes, I'm encouraging them not only to go vegan, but to do a little bit more than, than going vegan. We're going to also keep oils low and choose the healthiest carbohydrate foods um, because you put all that together, you've got a shot at getting rid of your diabetes altogether. And for a lot of people who might be listening to this thing, wait a minute, you know, you've got diabetes, you're not going to make the disease vanish. Um, that's what we have actually seen um, in a lot of people. And I'll never forget the first case of this. It was a man named Vance who joined a research study of ours about 15 years ago. And he had been a policeman and worked in a bank, but he'd had diabetes for four or five years. And he came in and he started this diet change. He lost about 60 pounds over about a year. And his doctor stopped his diabetes medications. He said, you don't need these anymore. And then his blood tests showed that although he was not on any medications at all, his blood sugar was smack in the healthy range, totally normal, meaning he could go into any clinic and they would not diagnose him as ever having had diabetes. But for people who have that condition, I want them to know how to really make the diet maximally powerful. Um, if weight is your issue, um, we're gonna fine tune it in slightly different ways than we would for say blood pressure, something like that. Now, uh, even though it's not a health condition, you know, we have uh, kids and, uh, you know, who can go on a vegan diet. Uh, we've seen that in my yeah. own life. That's easy to do, uh, but we can get into that a little bit later. But pregnancy, I want to talk about that for a second. Is this recommended for pregnant women? Why or why not? Very strongly. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's a good question because people think, gee, when you're pregnant, you know, you're, first of all, you're eating for two. Um, so you might need more nutrition. And secondly, you want to be really cautious with the foods that you're eating to make sure that everyone stays healthy. And a vegan diet is actually the best. It's ideal uh, for both mom and the child. And although you're eating for two, one of you is actually very small. So it's not as if you need a lot of extra nutrition. Um, but a vegan diet means everything is a plant. It's fruits vegetables and all the vitamins and minerals that they bring you and it's protein the right amount not too little not too much um, and healthy carbohydrates so when people have studied uh, vegan pregnancies where the mom has gone vegan for her pregnancy um, they actually have far fewer complications than you see in other cases and kids who are raised on vegan diets do better than the other kids Amazing. Well, we're talking with Dr. Neil Barnard about his new book, The Vegan Starter Kit. Stay tuned, we'll be back with, with more from The Health Awakening. The lines are further drawn between the Pharisees and the new followers of Yeshua. It's time for the apostles to decide whether to continue to follow Yeshua down an unknown path or revert back to the man-made Pharisaical law under which mankind is always destined to fall short. The scriptures say that we are to pray for kings and all in authority. So this is what Shaul says, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness, in honesty, because God desires all men to be saved, to be made whole, and come to a knowledge of the truth. In this month's dynamic love gift teaching, Unafraid is a message about fighting for our faith, no matter what the Pharisees in our own lives are threatening. When you are ordained, 
This is the prophetic anointing that was put on you. These are the prophecies by way of the Holy Spirit that you might war a good, a commendable warfare. You were ordained as a warrior, a dedicated Hanukkah warrior. Unafraid is an exclusive teaching available only in January. It's a gift from Michael Rood to you for your love gift donation of just $50. Or with a love gift donation of $100 or more, we'll send you Unafraid plus an eight inch olive wood mezuzah. Hang the mezuzah in your doorway as a reminder to live your life unafraid as a member of God's family, Israel. Get Unafraid and the Olivewood Mezuzah as a thank you gift from Michael Rood. In the book of Acts is what's going on today. That's why I waited my entire life to be able to share these things because this is where we are. We are in the book of Acts, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why you've gotta get this message out to people. Call to make your love gift donation now, 800-788-7887, or visit our website at monthlylovegift.com. Hurry, this exclusive offer ends January 31st. Welcome back to The Health Awakening. Our special guest today is Dr. Neil Barnard, and we're talking about his new book, The Vegan Starter Kit. And uh, Dr. Barnard, welcome back to The Health Awakening. Thank uh, you, great we, to be with you. We just, before the break, we talked about uh, kids and families and, and being pregnant and being on a vegan diet, which is all okay. Now, once you have kids, uh, you know, we're always on the go. So how do you stay on a, on a vegan diet while on the go, as many people are? Okay, great question. You're right. You know, people don't stay in one place anymore. They're traveling, and when you're traveling, you're thinking, "Gee, is there a restaurant that will accommodate my needs?" And uh, what about at the hotel and so forth? Um, two words, first of all, think international. What I mean is, you're driving into Chicago or L.A. or Pittsburgh or wherever you might be, and it's a new town for you. Think international when you choose restaurants. So, uh, an Italian place. We'll bring you a nice salad and a bowl of lentil soup and some minestrone or pasta e fagiole and your angel hair pasta. Instead of topping it with the meat sauce, you top it with the arrabbiata sauce or the marinara sauce. These are all vegan choices. And if you want to finish it off with an espresso, oh, fair enough. Um, Mexican cuisine, try the veggie fajita or the bean burrito. Uh, if you're at a sushi bar, have the vegetable sushi. Like They're more than happy to wrap up a cucumber roll, an avocado roll, a sweet potato roll or whatever. Chinese restaurants, Thai restaurants. Um, if you think international, you'll find that you've got a whole lot more choices. And I don't care how small the town is. They've got a place that will sell you spaghetti or pizza and you can leave the cheese off the pizza and that's 100% vegan. Um, if you're at your hotel, what I often find is that many hotels have microwaves and they got refrigerators in the room. And what that means is you can pop to the store and pick up things and you've got them right there, extra points for a kitchenette, um, if, if you have that. Those things will make your life a whole lot easier. Now, I found that uh, that's totally true. I mean, we had uh, we went to Disneyland a few years ago with our kids, or Disney World, that is, and we stayed in a restaurant that had those very things, a microwave and a fridge, and that's all we needed. We brought our own food, uh, we, you know, we brought it into the place with us, and even at uh, Disney World itself, you wouldn't think there's a lot of healthy places there, and there are not, but <laughs> we went to the burger place that had a burger bar where you'd put your own lettuce and tomatoes on and that kind of thing, and we treated that as a salad bar, and it worked just fine. Yep, and if you, it's, it's amazing what you can do. Uh, when I'm on the road, sometimes I'll stop in at one of these uh, diner-type places for breakfast, and it's bacon and sausage and fried eggs, but you, you say to the, the server, 
could you throw on the, the grill for me some mushrooms, grill some mushrooms, grill some tomatoes, grill a little spinach, maybe some asparagus. And you know what? They're going to not bat an eyelash. They'll do it because they do that all the time to throw in an omelet. You just don't have the omelet. So your feast comes with a little uh, rye bread, you know, rye toast with no butter, a bowl of oatmeal if you want it. You can have a huge feast with things people didn't really think about ordering, but on the go, you can do great. Indeed, and most restaurants, the, the chefs are kind of bored of their regular menu. They, they jump at the chance to do something special, don't they? They, they sure do. And I have to say, vegan foods have arrived. Almost every restaurant now that's worth its salt worth of salt and pepper, has uh, vegan items. Because when you're asking for something vegan to your server, you are like the 37th vegan who has come in that week. It's um, it's it's uh, very, very popular now. Well, good, now I don't feel so odd, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, for oh, the- no, no, it's, it's, it's very much an everyday thing. And, and, and about a third of the time, your waiter will say, well, I've been doing vegan too. So it has arrived. <laughs> Indeed it has. So now I wanna get into some favorite myths. Uh, this is chapter 10 of your book of the Vegan Starter Kit. And I love myth number two, that carbs are fattening. Because I know when we were talking about uh, diabetes, some people would say, well, I can't do a lot of carbs. Where is that myth? Why do we have that myth? Um, well, people have the idea that carbs are fattening because they're eating bread or they're eating potatoes and they're gaining weight. But what we have found, first of all, is that carbohydrate has only four calories in a gram compared to fat, which has nine calories in a gram. So carbs aren't fattening. The myth that carbs are fattening came from all the toppings. You put that butter on your toast or your your baked potato comes out of the oven. It's got very few calories until you put on the butter and the melted cheese and the sour cream and the bacon bits. And you think, gee, that potato is so fattening. It wasn't the potato. The potato was an innocent bystander. <laughs> now, protein, that's myth number three. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are moving to uh, what they call the keto diet, which is a lot of fat, a lot of meat. Uh, and maybe if you want to, you can get into why those are dangerous and you don't really need to. On the vegan diet, you can get enough protein. How does that work? Oh, you will get enough protein. It's not even an issue. I'll give you some numbers. The US government would say that a woman should have about 46 grams of protein a day, a man about 56. And if you only ate broccoli, and of course you would never do this, but if, if that's all you ate in a day and you ate your normal meal sizes of just broccoli, you'd get 146 grams of pure protein. If, if that's a 2000 calorie diet, if it's all broccoli, that you would get all that massive protein. If you did the same thing with lentils, say 2000 calories of just lentils all day, you get 157 grams of protein. So my point is, don't have broccoli and or lentils alone, but have some broccoli and some lentils and other plant foods. And if you add up the protein, you're gonna meet your target without even thinking about it. So I would not worry. Now, what about uh, athletes? They may say, well, I need a lot more protein. You know, my trainers are telling me I need more protein. What do I do? Well, athletes do need more protein to the extent that they're physically active, but it comes along with the food. You're, you're, you're expending a lot of calories, you will naturally eat more food, and protein is a chunk of everything that you eat. Um, so it's, you don't have to go out and get special protein bars or, or protein shakes and things like that. Now, if you want them, they do have them. They make them with soy protein, pea protein, many other kinds of protein, uh, but those are optional and not really required. All right, well, we're talking with our guest today, Dr. Neil Barnard, about his new book, The Vegan Starter Kit. We'll be back with more from The Health Awakening. Stay with us. The Chronological Gospels Bible is changing lives all over the world, putting everything the Messiah did in exact chronological order and explaining the behind-the-scenes truth of what the Messiah did. 
when he did it and why. The timing of it all means everything. And now, the Chronological Gospels can be easier on your eyes. The larger print edition features 40% larger type and every page appears exactly the same as the original. So you can follow along with others who have the regular size version. The Chronological Gospels larger print edition also has wider margins to write notes and the premium quality paper means you can highlight without soaking through. Plus, the larger print edition lies flat, so you can teach without having to hold the book open. The Chronological Gospels larger print edition is a big and beautiful coffee table book, measuring a full 12 inches tall and 9 inches wide. Study the Bible with clarity and ease. I love the size of this book. This is nine by 12. The paper is, is perfect because it doesn't bleed through when I write on it. I can mark it up and I always make notes in all my Bibles. Everything is the same place as it is on the smaller version and I can just stand back and I can teach from it and it's just, it's the perfect size. I pray thee, of whom speaks this prophet? Order the Chronological Gospels larger print edition by phone or online. You'll get 40% larger type than the original. Call 800-788-7887. That's 800-788-7887. Or get the Chronological Gospels Bible larger print edition online at arudawakening.tv slash large. And welcome back to The Health Awakening. Our special guest today is Dr. Neil Barnard. Dr. Barnard, welcome back to the program. And you have a new book there, The, uh, the Vegan Starter Kit. Wonderful. There it is. Uh, we love, that's beautiful, love it. Uh, I love it because it's simple to understand. It's not a long book. And there's all kinds of myths in chapter 10 that we've been talking about. The last one we were talking about was uh, you can't get enough protein, uh, to which always, I always tell people, well, when we see a detergent commercial and they say it takes out protein stains like grass, that should be your first clue. <laughs> so another protein that people don't often think about but is very popular in my house, uh, but it wasn't for a while because we thought it was dangerous, was soy. Tell me the truth about soy. Yeah, soy is an interesting food. Um, in, in back in the 1930s, people found out that soy has isoflavones in it. Many plants have these, comp these natural compounds. And soy is very high in protein. Um, it's associated with many, many health benefits. But the isoflavones made people wonder if it would have hormonal effects because the, the chemical structure of isoflavones looks a little bit like testosterone or like estrogen. Um, so people worried, well, if a woman consumes soy, maybe she'll develop breast cancer or if a man consumes soy, could he become effeminate or something like that. Um, we've had plenty of time to study these things. And it turns out, first of all, that men who consume soy do not become effeminate, and it doesn't affect their fertility at all. And if anybody who doubts that, go to a soy-consuming country like China or Japan, and you'll be quite impressed that their fertility is very robust. Um, regarding women and breast cancer, it turns out that the women who consume the most soy products, like soy milk or tofu, have about 30% less breast cancer than other women. So soy seems to help prevent cancer. Um, and for women who have had breast cancer in the past, those who consume the most soy products, again, like tofu or tempeh or miso or uh, soy milk, they have about a 30% reduction in the likelihood of ever dying of their cancer. 
So soy products are good from, from those standpoint. Um, they're totally optional. You don't have to have it. We're not necessarily promoting soy, but but they're very convenient. Uh, the soy burger or the soy sausage is always healthier than the pork sausage or the, the beef burger. Um, you know, it's, it's a very uh, convenient food. And if anything, it reduces cancer risk. Now, uh, that was very, very important that you brought out about people who have had cancer and are undergoing treatment, et cetera. So uh, unlike some uh, animal-based proteins, which we know can can uh, promote cancer, uh, that having some soy uh, after a cancer episode would be okay because that's a plant-based. Is that correct? Not only is it okay, um, the studies, we have now five studies on women who have, were previously diagnosed with breast cancer and then you track what they eat. And the women, the women who avoid soy do the worst. The women who have the most soy do the best. And by best, I mean their, their risk of dying of their cancer is cut by roughly 30%. Now I know that uh, soy used to be, uh, we have to watch out for it because for a while there, uh, almost all, all soy products, unless it said uh, organic, was all GMO based and there was very little hope of ever having uh, organic soy again, but there's more and more organic soy products that I'm seeing out there, is that true? Oh sure, um, if, if you go to the store, and, and, and not just the health food store, but any regular grocery store, they, they, they sell tofu there, they've got it several different kinds. The ones that are marked organic, which is most of them, uh, cannot be genetically modified. They are not GMO as by law. Um, if it says organic, it can't be GMO. But who has to worry about this is the meat eater because the soybeans that are, and, and also the corn products that are fed to cows and to pigs and to chickens are typically GMO. Um, so the person who's eating GMO soy, or it's animals eating that, and so if you're eating their meat or their eggs or whatever, um, that's that's where the GMO food comes in. But uh, if you're uh, if you're a vegan and you're you're eating organic tofu, which is what you're going to find at the store, no problem. Same with soy milk products. As long as it says organic, cannot be GMO. Interesting. That and as far as being GMO, people might say, well, what's the problem with GMO? Well, even if there's no quote unquote problem with GMO, those are the types of plants that can be sprayed over and over and over again with uh, herbicides and pesticides, and that's the real danger. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a great point. Yeah, genetically modified organisms are they, they're they're not there for your health. They are there um, because uh, farmers find that it's more economical for them in various ways. But if you if my suggestion is that you stay out of that experiment and and get organic whenever you can. And easy, with soy products, it's super easy because they're everywhere. I wanna ask you one more thing uh, as we have two minutes left in this segment. Uh, eating right for your blood type, what's this all about? Okay, <laughs> yeah, there was a book years ago that encouraged people to eat right for their blood type. And the idea was if you're blood type A, you should be vegetarian, but if you're a type O, you should eat meat. Um, and that was funny because I'm blood type O, and in fact, it's the most common type. But in our research studies, when we have people with type O who are supposedly mediators, mediators, if you give them a vegan diet, they do as well as the type A's. So it turns out it doesn't really matter. And I think I'm going to write a new book called Eat Right for Your Shoe Size. And if you're nine, nine and a half, maybe you ought to have a, a vegan diet. And if you're 10 and a half, vegan diet's good for you then too. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> now, uh, another one that I know is not true because we have an on-site uh, kitchen here, and our chef has told us that since we went to more uh, vegetarian-type foods at the request of our uh, our founder, uh, his food budget, the chef, has actually gone down. He was kind of surprised by that. So vegan food is not expensive, is it? 
Oh, no, it's cheap. Go to go to the store, get a, a bag of dried beans and some rice and a bag of sweet potatoes and go up to the cashier. And, you know, it's it's the cheapest stuff in the store. You're not in, you're not buying cheese and steak anymore. So your average family of four will save a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a year. But these are all the reasons why I wrote the Vegan Starter Kit is because I wanted a person to not have to dedicate years of study. Instead, 45 minutes. You can read the book, you can pick out any recipes you like, and you will know everything that you need to know to be confident about how to jump in. Great, we're talking with Dr. Neil Barnard about how to adopt a vegan diet with his new book, The Vegan Starter Kit. We'll be right back with more from The Health Awakening. The lines are further drawn between the Pharisees and the new followers of Yeshua. The scriptures say that we are to pray for kings and all in authorities. And this is what Shaul says, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness, in honesty, because God desires all men to be saved, to be made whole, and come to a knowledge of the truth. In this month's dynamic love gift teaching, Unafraid, this is a message about how we must fight for our faith, no matter what the Pharisees in our lives are threatening. Unafraid is an exclusive teaching available only in January. It's a gift from Michael Rude to you for your love gift donation of just $50. Or with a love gift donation of $100 or more, we'll send you Unafraid plus an olive wood mezuzah to hang in your home as a reminder to live unafraid as a member of God's family. Get the Unafraid collection. Call 800-788-7887 or visit our website at monthlylovegift.com. Welcome back to The Health Awakening. Our guest today is Dr. Neil Barnard. Dr. Neil, uh, what is the best way to start a vegan diet? Well, as I describe in the Vegan Starter Kit, I suggest you break it into two steps, and I've never seen anybody unable to do it. Step one is you take seven days, and during this time, you don't throw anything out of your diet. You're not going vegan yet. You're just identifying vegan foods. So if you never splashed almond milk on your cornflakes, if your taco restaurant has that bean burrito that you've been avoiding, I want you to try them so that you have breakfast, lunches, and dinners that are vegan that you like. And once you identify the foods you like now, step two is take three weeks, 21 days, and do it all vegan all the time, eating the foods that you like, but no long-term commitment. At the end of that period of time, you'll be physically healthier, you'll be losing weight, but your tastes are changing, and now it becomes a really uh, more enjoyable prospect. So step one, try out the, check out the possibilities. Step two, three-week test drive. <laughs> 
All right, sounds very simple. And how do you get started? Well, you pick up the book, The Vegan Starter Kit, and we are indeed talking with the author of The Vegan Starter Kit and president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, Dr. Neil Barnard. You can catch the replay of this episode on healthawakening.tv, and you can find out more about The Vegan Starter Kit and the work of Dr. Neil Barnard at healthawakening.tv slash starter kit. We'll see you next time for another Health Awakening. Thank you for joining us today on The Health Awakening. You can catch the replay of this episode and see our complete show schedule at healthawakening.tv. For more information about our guests today on all they have to offer, please visit their website on the bottom of your screen. And please remember the information you saw today is for educational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor do the views expressed reflect those of this broadcaster. Should you choose to implement this information, please do so only with the assistance of a licensed medical professional. Neither the presenter nor this broadcaster assume any responsibility for any adverse effects or consequences that may result. Thank you.